3: Recorded
4: live.
3: I
1: started preaching that things were going well in that church. It was a marvelous experience. One day, a year later, a lady by the name of Rosa Parks. Uh Uh-huh decided that she wasn't going to take it any longer. She stayed on a bus seat. You may not remember it because it's way back now, several years, but it was the beginning of a movement where 50,000 black men and women refused absolutely
5: to ride
1: the city buses, and we walked together for 381 days. That's what we got to learn in the North. Negroes have to learn to stick
3: together. We stuck together.
1: We sent out the call. No Negro rode the buses. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life people of Montgomery asked me to serve as the spokesman. And as the president of the new organization, the Montgomery Improvement Association, that came into being to lead the Barclay, I couldn't say no. Then we
3: started our
1: struggle together. Things were going well for the first few days, but then... About 10 or 15 days later after the white people in Montgomery knew that we meant business, they started doing some nasty things. They started making nasty telephone calls and came to the point that some days more than 40 telephone calls would come in threatening my life, the life of my family, the life of my children. I took it for a while in a strong manner. But I never will forget one night very late. It was around midnight. You can have some strange experiences at midnight. I had been out. Meeting with the steering committee all that night.
6: I came home. Listen, guys, thank you so much for being able to come on to this program. All the folks that's chatting, I see you right now.
1: My wife was in the bed, and I immediately crawled in the bed to get some rest, to get up early the next morning to try to keep things going. And immediately, the telephone started ringing, and I picked it up. On the other end, there's an ugly voice. That voice said to me in substance, "Nigger, we are tired of you and your mess now. And if you are out of this town in three days, Gonna blow your brains out and blow up your house. Yes, not even. I heard these things before, but for some reason that night it got to me. I turned over and I tried to go to sleep, but
0: I couldn't sleep.
3: Yes. yes. Not even. It's
0: frustrated. Good. Bewildered. Then I
1: got up and went back to the kitchen and I started warming some coffee, thinking that coffee would give me a little relief. Then I started thinking about many things. I pulled back on the theology and philosophy that I had just studied in the university, trying to give philosophical and theological reasons for the existence and the reality of sin, and evil, but the answer didn't quite come there. I sat there and thought about beautiful little daughter who had just been born about a month earlier. We have four children now, but we only had one then. She was the darling of my life. I'd come in night after night and see that little jiggle smile. And I sat at that table thinking about that little girl and thinking about the fact that she could be taken away from any minute.
3: Yes. I started
1: thinking about a dedicated, devoted, and loyal wife who was over there asleep. She could be taken from me, I could be taken from her. And I got to the point that I couldn't take it any longer. I was weak.
3: Yes.
1: Something said to me, you can't call on daddy now. He's up in Atlanta, 175 miles away.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. You can't even call on mama now.
3: Yeah.
1: you got to call on that something and that person that your daddy used to tell you about. It's <laughs> all about you make a way out of nowhere. <laughs> I discovered then that religion had to become real to me and I had to know God for myself. And I bowed down over that cup of coffee. I never will forget it. Oh, yes, I prayed a prayer and I prayed out loud, loud that night. I said, Lord, I'm down here trying to do what you're right think I'm right. I think the cause that we represent is right.
3: Yeah. But Lord,
1: I must confess that I'm weak now, I'm faltering, and I'm losing my courage. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It seemed at that moment that I could hear an inner voice saying to me,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Martin Luther.
1: Stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth, and I will be with you even to the end of the world. I tell you, I've seen the lightning
3: flash.
1: I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers dashin'. Trying to conquer my soul, but I heard the voice of Jesus saying still to that one. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. Promised never to leave me, never to leave me
3: alone.
1: And time. I feel discouraged. I don't mind telling you this morning, that sometimes I feel discouraged. I felt discouraged in Chicago. When I moved through Mississippi and Georgia and Alabama, I feel discouraged. Living every day under the threat of death, I feel discouraged sometimes. Living every day under extensive criticism, even from Negro, I feel discouraged. Yes, sometimes I feel discouraged.
7: Listen,
6: guys, we are so happy to have you here tonight, <clears throat> and it is a product of the one and only Beverly Nation. This is our fifth annual Dr. Martin Luther King tribute, and so proud tonight. I am uh, Deli malay uh Chief Executive Officer of our network and also a host as well on my own show called Hashtag Legacy by Oladsky. I'm so proud of all the folks that are on tonight, uh, host as well as people who, who have great will and uh, great determination to want to talk to us about the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Now, all the folks that are on right now who want to talk, please press star 8 so I can see you in detail. So that way I'm going to bring you on as I see the numbers. So all the folks, especially the hosts that are on our air tonight that want to talk about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., please, please, please press uh, uh, star 8 at this time to so I can see you in the conversation. Listen, we're out of Long Beach, California. 724-444-7444, print intends for 145234-pound, as well as one pound, two Listen to our great conversation tonight and, of course, star eight to join our wonderful conversation. We're going to start with our first call of the night, and it is out of northern Georgia, actually out of Decatur. This young lady has always been so, so supportive of what we do here at ONE, and e both uh, networks of Beverly Nation as well as Damon Network, and she is a gift to all of us. Her name is... It's Anna Waddell. Anna, how are you tonight?
8: Well, good evening, DJ Olasky. This is Anna Waddell of the Soul Twin. Good evening, everyone. Happy Dr. King Day.
6: This is the format that we're going to use tonight for all the folks that are coming onto our program. Please, 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 uh, between uh, no, no less than three minutes, but no longer than five, to talk about what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. means to you, Anna Waddell.
8: Okay. What Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King means to me is uh, truth and justice, Uh, fairness. He was a man that put his life on the line in order that we can be where we are today. And he really took call to action seriously. The way he formed formulated the uh, Southern Christian Leadership Conference, which was a group of young ministers that met in Atlanta that traveled all over the United States to help better conditions for blacks. And that was powerful. You know, for me as a child living in Dallas, Texas, a young child at that time, and, you know, not really knowing about what was going on, but from talking to my parents and just seeing how there was really a strong sense of community among our people back then. You didn't have to know the person in order to help them. It was just about each each one, teaching
0: one, reaching back and helping one, you know, lending a hand. It was family. And he became a threat to the powers that be
8: because anytime you stand up for anything, you know, you make a, a stand against what's wrong, enough powerful people are going to be not comfortable with that. You take them out of their comfort zone. So there's a lot that we can still learn from what he did. And even today, they have, uh, it was the 50th anniversary commemoration of the MLK holiday here in Atlanta. And his daughter, Bernice, tore it up. So if you're able to find it on YouTube, Reverend Bernice King, powerful. And it brings people together from all over the world. I mean, as far as South Korea, uh, different countries. But when I say different, diverse countries, you know, nobody looks the same. Nobody speaks the same language. But the resounding thing is peace. The resounding theme is peace and making sure that everyone is treated fairly. And at this point in America, there is an uprising. I guess you you could call it a, a revolution because people are tired of being sick and tired. People are tired of being scared. And, you know, I think we could take his principles and use that to make it better for everyone. But we have to be the one to take those steps to make it happen. We can't continue to depend on others for our salvation because, as we can see,
0: it's not worked. You know, and I'm proud to know who Dr. King, I won't say was,
8: is because his legacy still rings true. It's
0: loud, it's clear. And we need to take heed and move accordingly. And
8: especially, um, more so with what's called his radicalized ideas after he he made his comments about the Vietnam War. And once he got, uh, his thinking was more in line with Malcolm X's, which, which Malcolm's changed from just totally pro-black after he went to Mecca. And so just think how powerful, how different the world would be now if those two men were still here and had the opportunity
0: to work together. Man. So we can't let his dream die. We can't. And I'm
8: going to do everything in my power to make sure that I teach every young person that I know so they'll know. Because what we don't finish in this fight, they'll have to. And hopefully they won't have to fight as as hard as we're having to fight now in order to survive. And it'll be an easier walk for them. And I know the road is stony, but keep your head up and rebuild this sense of community, this family that we once had when we had each other's back, when we took care of one another. So that's what I have to say. Thank you.
6: I want to thank Anna Waddell, host of the Soul Twins, right at Determined Motivator Online Now Network of TalkShoot.com. Dr. King, what else do you have to say?
1: You can accept it. You leave those state troopers blooded with their own barbarities. If you can accept it, you will do something that will transform conditions here in Alabama. So I'm not worried this afternoon, however dark it may be, yes, However difficult it may be, I know that it is true, the truth forever on the scaffold, wrong and forever on the throne. That's yes, sir. That is another part of that great statement. Yet that scaffold sways the future. Yes, Behind the demons standeth God within the shadow, yes, keeping watch above his own. Yes. We call it warriors' right, truth preserves.
6: Rise again. The Bible is right. You shall reach
3: what you're <laughs> 724 444
6: 7444. Put in 10 number 145234 pounds and then one pound to listen to our conversation tonight. And star eight to join All the folks out there, I see you. Uh, please press star eight if you want to join in to talk about and just deliver wonderful, wonderful tribute to the man. The myth and the legend, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We will go to our next caller now, out of southeastern Pennsylvania. You're live right now with our tribute, our fifth annual Dr. Martin Luther King tribute. At this time, who is who is on the line with us right now?
9: Good evening. This is Wonder Dre. How are you,
6: Andrea Presley, the, the, yeah. the wonderful boy that Wonder Twin that always gets it in on radio, of course, national syndicated radio host here at Beverly Nation as well as she has other endeavors, of course, Sophisticated Ladies over at On Point Radio. Miss Presley, what does Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. mean to you?
9: Oh, Dr. Martin Luther King meant so much to me and still means a lot to me because, because of his legend. Uh, he has paved so many ways for us as black people today to be able to have our freedom and to be able to do things such as um have freedom of speech and sit on the back of the buses on the front of the buses and you know the fact that we even had a black president and the fact that we could go to places like um concerts, movies and things like that and we don't have to have to worry about having a rope in between us anymore It is these things that this man has fought so hard for. I just only ask, you know, for those parents, under the sound of my voice, when you see Martin Luther King's birthday come up, take out a little bit of time to teach your children a little something or take out time to recognize the actual holiday because it is this man who had paved the way for us to even have a black president at one time, you know what I mean? For us to um, have the freedom to vote, you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, sometimes we take advantage of those things, but the blessing in the the matter is the fact that he did this just for peace, for us. It's a shame that, you know, um, he was assassinated and things like that. Um, Like I said, going back to even with the children, some of the children, they take it like it's a day off. You know what I mean? I don't have to go to school today. But how many of your children are actually watching a documentary? How many of them actually, you know, can say that I have a dream speech? These are things that is important to our children. It's important that they know our history. They know our heritage. They know from where we came from and why we have the things that we have now, how far we have came from in this journey. And, yes, we do have a long way to still go. But if it wasn't for this man paving the way, we wouldn't be there where we at now. And so – I am very proud and honored to celebrate this man on his birthday. Um, Every year that I live, I plan on celebrating this man's birthday because of what he has done. And another thing we need to really think about the fact that when it comes down to stuff like voting, I feel as though we fought so he fought so hard for us to have the right for us to even have a vote Yet and still what bothers me Is that when it comes down to us Even voting for presidents You know, dang thing And things like that We won't even take out the time To go and do it We'll have so many different excuses Why we can't get out there to vote It's your constitutional right I was watching something on um, Al Sharpton When they were saying that You know, they're trying to put into play That if you don't vote So many times, I think the cutoff time is six times that they're actually trying to revoke your right to vote. Are you serious? First of all, it should never even come into play because this man died for us to... You know what I mean? For him to be fighting so that we can have the right to vote, so that we can have our freedom and we can go places and don't have to be separated, you know? So when you think about all of that and you think about all the complaints that you want to say with Donald Trump and, you know, this, this, that, and third, think about the fact that are you doing your part? You know, when Martin Luther King's birthday come, think of something that you can do that is, you know, brings about peace. How are you celebrating him? I'm glad to see that there's a lot of people who had, like, concerts, churches joined in and did concerts and things like that to celebrate the legacy of Martin Luther King. And I say keep the legacy alive. So that's all I have for this evening. But thank you so much for the opportunity to share the legacy of our beloved brother, Dr. Martin Luther King.
6: That is Andrea Presley, host of National Syndicated Radio here at Determined and Motivated Online Now Network of TalkShoe.com. All the folks out there would like to talk tonight, please press star 8 to conversate and give your opinion on the likes of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This next excerpt is a favorite of my father's. My dad used to tell it to me because it showed me how to love. In spite of all the ignorance, in spite of all the, the, the backlashing and the backlashing, to have God's love is most important.
1: Innocent Edgar Allan Poe was talking about eros when he talked about his beautiful Annabelle Lee with the love surrounded by the halo of eternity. Innocent Shakespeare was talking about eros when he said, love is not love, which alters when it's alteration finds a bends with the remover to remove. It is an ever-fixed mark." That looks on Tibbets and is never shaken. It is the star to every wandering bark. You know, I can remember that because I used to quote it to my wife when we were quoting. That's
3: Erebus.
1: That's Erebus. Then the Greek language talks about the Leo, which is another level of love, it is an intimate affection.
6: Jersey. A young man who stands up for righteousness, definitely in his community, which I'm proud to support. The Lesbian and Gay Task Force community. He's an outstanding human being and a fellow member of the outstanding dynasty that is ONE. His name is Splash Frazier, ladies and gentlemen. Splash, how are you tonight?
4: Good evening, good evening. How are you?
6: What does the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. mean to you?
4: It means so much. And, like, everybody expressed, you know, basically everything. But I think the one thing what it means to
0: me is unity, how he wanted everyone to come together as a whole. And we
4: have that that one word that's in front, of our whole entire what we stand for and we don't and that's united. And I think that's just the one thing that means the most that he that's all he ever wanted is for us to just come together as a whole. Because when we come together as a whole, we become stronger as a whole, as a unit. And we're not considered as United States of America. And with him fighting so hard and yes he has you know made so many different open doors for us today and I feel like we still have so much more to go and until us as a whole come together and stand up for what's right and do it correctly we will have a better future than what we have today so I think I applaud Martin Luther King and like one the Dre said everybody thinks it's just a day off no don't consider a day off. Consider a day to be black and proud. Consider a day to know that your ancestors or whoever down the line fought or was there and witnessed every minute of it. And it was only, what, like 50 years ago. It's not even that long ago. My mother would be 50 this year. So it's not even that long ago, you know, just to think that, 40, 50 years ago that we wasn't able to drink from the same water fountains or use the same bathrooms. It's just sickening. So to see that we've all come so far, unity is what meant so much, and that's all he ever wanted would be unity, for us to all to be united. And I think that's just the main thing that's always been, and I think we're capable of doing that,
0: and we're capable of actually being a united states of America. And once we do that, I think we would be awesome. That's what I have to say. (laughs) We thank Splash Razor,
6: the host of the Mr. Splash Show here at Determined and Motivated Online Now Network of TalkShoot.com. We go again to Dr. King and what he's saying to the world the necessity for continued protests.
1: is not a Negro, therefore the Negro is not a man. This is the kind of reason that prevails. But today, uh, we don't hear these arguments too much. Uh, They argue now on more cultural and subtle sociological grounds. Uh, The Negro is not culturally ready for integration. And uh, if you integrate uh, schools and if you integrate too much, uh, the Negro will pull the white race back a generation. And then they go on to say, you know, this Negro is inherently criminal and uh, all of these things. Now, these people never say to us that many of these problems are problems of urban dislocation and that poverty, ignorance and disease, free crime, whatever the racial group may be, that these conditions are environmental and not racial. And it is a torturous logic to use the tragic results of segregation and discrimination have an argument for the continuation of that. Please, good news is From all of this nation, we must get rid of the notion once and for all if we want to
7: realize
6: the dream that there are superior and inferior races. You hear that, guys? And that's the situation of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We go to the next call on the line from southeastern Pennsylvania. And what does Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. mean to you, caller? Caller, you on the line right now.
10: Hello, this, this is, is Antonia Batts. Hey, Antonia,
6: how are you? Mr. Antonia Batts, of course, of, of course, informational guru at Determined and Motivated Online Now Network or com. Miss Batts, in three to, f-
7: three,
6: to three to five minutes, what does Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. mean to you?
10: Um, I can say that he means uh, a great deal any I would make it my day to today, go to the event here in Philadelphia at Girard College and spend my day helping out because my small sacrifice to give back was um, with the intention of helping out at a job fair strictly um, – in honor of what he had portrayed for Martin Luther King. uh, As we know him, um, the person who advocated on behalf of peace, and it was a peaceful day, and there were a little bit of every type of culture and whatever you want to say uh, as a group of people who also supported the effort for not only people to just get jobs, but remember that his legacy is the reason why we were there today at Gerard College. And it was a wonderful experience because um, it was very productive for the people that he represented, not only of the African-American culture, but um, people who have been portrayed, who have came in from all walks of life at the time when he marched Back mostly in the sixties, and I heard it was also in a portion of the fifties, so I can say that um, if he had seen the results of all of what he had done through the eyes of the living today, he would have felt as though he had um sacrificed his life not in vain but in with the intention of making sure that he understand that people loved him for at least giving it his good old one-two punch to try to make sure that we all understood what he was trying to bring to the table, which is um, an opportunity for different people. And it's not easy to have a person, one person to try to advocate of, on behalf of uh, of mankind. But as a result, that's the reason why there was a dedication nationally um, for a holiday, which I heard was actually performed by the Reagan administration in um, honor of making sure he was acknowledged. So all I have to say is, job well done, Dr. King, and as a result, that is the reason why so many people um, have a particular love that honored what he had represented.
6: And I thank you so much, Ms. Antonia Bass, for that. Antonia Bass, the host of Informational Guru, right here at Determine and Motivate Online Now Network, of TalkShoot.com. And I thank you so much for your, pre- you know, just, just your participation tonight. going right back into Dr. King and what he meant. And it's something that one of the twins said so eloquently. Give us the ballot. in the
1: southlands
6: of that faith today.
1: Go back to Philadelphia, to New York, to Detroit, and Chicago with that tape today. The universe is on our side in the struggle. Stand up.
6: Listen, folks, all the folks that are, that are chatting me right now, we'll get a chance to bring your chat in on what Dr. How Dr. King, what Dr. King meant to you as well.
1: Stand up for justice. Sometimes it gets hard. It is always difficult to get out of Egypt. The Red Sea always stands before you with discouraging dimensions. Even after you cross the Red Sea, you have to move through a wilderness with prodigious hilltops of evil and gigantic mountains of opposition. And I say to you this afternoon, keep moving. Let nothing slow you up. Move on with dignity and honor and respectability. I realize that it will cause restless night sometimes. It might cause losing a job. It will cause suffering and sacrifice. It might even cause physical death for some. But if physical death is the price that some must pay to free their children from a permanent life of psychological death, then nothing can be more Christian. Keep going today. Keep moving Amid every obstacle. Keep moving amid every mounting of opposition. If you will do that with dignity, when the history books are written in the future, the historians will have to look back and say, there lived a great people, a people with fleecy locks and black complexion, but a people who injected New meaning into the veins of civilization. A people which stood up with dignity and honor and saved Western civilization in her darkest hour. A people that gained new integrity and a new dimension of love to our civilization. When that happens, the morning stars will sing together and the sons of God will shout for joy.
6: Out of Long Beach, California, this evening, 724-444-7444, put in number 145234 pound, and then, of course, one pound to listen, and star eight to join this wonderful conversation tonight. I'm so thankful to force so far the wonderful, wonderful tributes to our slain civil leader. This year will mark 50 years since its assassination on April 4th, 18th, uh, 1968 at, you know, on, on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee, at 5.35 in the evening. I cannot believe it's been 50 years. I'll be, myself, I'll be 48, and I never knew Dr. King in my lifetime, of course, not even in physical time. But growing up in a household of love and respect, I got a chance to read a lot of his books, and one of his books, one the greatest books, was Where Do We Go From Here? we'll hear from that a little later on in the broadcast. we we'll are go back to another call right now. Alice, Southeastern Pennsylvania. Caller, talk to us tonight. Who are you? And represent yourself.
7: Good evening. This is Precious Young Patterson.
6: This is Precious Young Patterson of Dash of Poetry here. Of course, a charter member of Bethlehem Nation going all the way back to 2013 with her wonderful husband starting a show called The Opinion by Peter and Precious Patterson, and now we have the pleasure of having her now, part of the New Beverly Nation, with a dash of poetry. What does Dr. Martin Luther King mean to you, Precious?
7: I have to say that what Dr. King meant and means to me stems from the fact, well, I'm 44, so of course I didn't meet him, from the fact of the eclectic household that I grew up in, You know, you have that peace, and then you have the other side of that stand and fight. So I will have to say that I've listened to so many people express why it should be a holiday, why it shouldn't be a holiday. I think a lot of things occur, and there's always two sides to them. You know, everyone's going to take something, take advantage of something, and other people will use it to ignite them. And I like the fact that it's a holiday. It means much to me daily. But as a holiday, it's a time to have that conversation for those who aren't always having a, having an open ear. So that's what I appreciate, I appreciate, the holiday. And just on a daily basis, I feel like, he stood for it and stood against greed, elitism, and anything that was unfair, out of balance. And greed to me is the opposite of love. Elitism is the opposite of love. Anything that is out of balance is an opposition to love. And in his own way, it was all love because if he didn't care, he could have just went about his business, saved his life, but by
0: sacrificing, it became a
7: legacy in and of itself. And to stand against hatred in any form, and to seek to open the eyes of those around him. To me, it's that spider spider web of embodiment. Him reaching out his arms in the present time, you know, from when he started to his death. And from there, continuing to reach forward as far as a legacy. So when I think about it, and my daughter was talking to me about it, and the first thing I did was I have books, you know, regarding him. I have a calendar. I have, We have a copy of the Emancipation Proclamation. And we started to read that out and just it's a conversation. It's an ongoing conversation and action. That's what it means to me.
6: We want to thank Precious Young Patterson tonight. Of course, the host of Adash of Poetry at Determine and Motivate Online Now Network of Talkshoot.com. We're very, very thankful tonight. And for all the folks that's calling in, please anyone who's out there press star eight to relate to us. We cannot see you unless you press the wonderful start button that will include you into this wonderful conversation. And going right back to Dr. King, What more can we say tonight, that the great speech that he gave us on the March of Washington, but going to the Nobel Prize acceptance speech in Oswald, Norway. ...of but, the dedicated pilots of our
1: struggle who have set at the controls as the freedom movement soared into orbit. You honor once again Chief Latouli of South Africa, whose struggles with and for his people are still met with the most brutal expression of man's inhumanity to man. You honor the ground crew, without whose labor and sacrifice, the jet flights to freedom could never have left the earth. Most of these people will never make the headlines. Their names will never appear in who's who. Yet when years have rolled past, and when the blazing light of truth is focused on this marvelous age in which we live, men and women will know and children will be taught that we have a finer land, a better people, a more noble civilization because these humble children of God were willing to suffer for righteousness' sake. I think Alfred Nobel would know what I mean when I say I accept this award in the spirit of a curator of some precious heirloom which he holds in trust for its true owners, all those to whom truth is beauty and b- beauty truth, and in whose eyes the beauty of genuine brotherhood and peace is more precious than diamonds, or silver, or gold. Thank you.
6: You know, also he said that he accepted in the award an abiding faith in America and a and a gracious faith to the future of mankind. We go to our next caller right now. Also out of Southeastern Pennsylvania tonight. Caller on the line with us right now, and what do you have to say for yourself today about Dr. Martin Luther King Who are you?
11: Oh, man, I'm going to tell you, I'm just truly grateful to listen to, you know, some of the uh, unloved treasures that you have played for, you know, uh, us here in uh, the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, one thing, a a measure of a man is, you know, sometimes it's not what they proclaim or what they say to you It's when someone else says something about them. And you know, back in that time, and I'm I'm like you, I haven't you know saw the man with my own eyes or saw him live, but I did see an interview with um, you know Malcolm X. Well, it wasn't with he wasn't with Malcolm X, but Malcolm X was getting interviewed by a guy that uh, you know constantly disrespected you know Malcolm X, and he kept calling him Malcolm Little. And he says, that's your government name. And Malcolm X, you know, let him know that, you know, when we do this interview, you're going to respect me. You're going to name, my name, Malcolm X. And then the guy that was interviewing him said to him, how do you feel about your arrival, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? And Malcolm X says, he said, you know, point blank, he says, Doc- Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is a man of respect. And he said, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I respect. Even though he has his, his own methods, I have mine. And he says, you n- will not pit me against another black man. He said, because that is what you want to see. Once he said that, and even though the, you know, the teachings of uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. were very different, they respected one another. And Dr. Martin Luther King... Even though, you know, uh, he, he put everything out on the line and he made sure that everything that he did was out there, he, he was exposing himself. And the reason why he exposed himself because he had total faith in that what he, what he was doing, and he knew that one day he may lay, had to lay down his life. He didn't know what day, but he did it, day in and day out. He told his children, he told his wife. When I say my speeches and when I, when I go out in public, you know, we're going to be, we're going to take that picture in front of the cameras and after that, we're going to go over there, we're going to separate because what I want to do is that when someone takes me out, they take me out, not my family. And, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he laid out a lot of things. He laid a lot of precedent, not just for this country, but for the world. You know, a lot of people understand that, you know, what he stood for, it spread out throughout throughout the world. You know, uh, right there in India, Mahatma Gandhi, he had his peaceful protests. And then in Tibet, where you had the Dalai Lama, where he was going to be executed, but he got, you know, um, he was transferred to London. At that time, a lot of men of peace was not respected until so a lot of people seen what Dr. Martin Luther King did in front of the nation. How he stood brave and stood tall, where even though we were a lot of laws for him not to speak or even protest without getting thrown in jail, he did so anyway. So without Dr. Martin Luther King, the world would have any would not have any kind of stand up, and even to the atrocities of Tiananmen Square, where you know a guy poured gasoline. And burned yourself to death in protest of that country. At no time or nowhere where you have or had anyone that would stand up to a government or a government rule or a government proclamation. So, thanks to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right now, right now, today is the reason why we are able to say no, or we're able to say that no, we don't accept what you're presenting to us right now. And that is as a government or as a conglomerate or a corporation that feel as though they can press their might against the average everyday people. So right now, everybody that is average and everyday, and you feel as though that you can stand up or you can say something, you have to thank Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, that's all I have to say. And um, I'm Rob Hudson. I'm the sports reporter. And, uh, you know, God bless. With God's blessing, God's will, uh, I'll, I'll
6: be talking to you tomorrow night.
0: That was Robert
6: Hudson, our sports director here at O&E and the host of the BevNet Sports Report, of course, on the one and only Beverly Nation. Let's go back to another episode of Dr. Martin King Jr. at this time. And it's funny that Rob Hudson talked about his thoughts of death.
1: About that day when we would be victimized. If what is life's final common denominator? That's something we call death. We all think about it, and every now and then I think about my own death, and I think about my own funeral, and I don't think of it in a morbid sense. And every now and then I ask myself, What is it that I was going to say? And I leave the word to you this morning. If any of you around, when I have to meet my day, I don't want a long And if you get somebody to deliver the unity, tell them not to talk too me. Every now and then I wonder what I want them to say. Tell them not to mention that I have a Nobel Peace Prize. That isn't important. Tell them not to mention that I have three or 400 other awards. That's not important. Tell them not to mention where I went to school. I'd like somebody to mention that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to give his life serving up. I'd like for somebody to say that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. I want you to say that day that I tried to be right on the walker. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try to feed the hungry. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try in my life to clothe those who were naked. I want you to say on that day that I did try in my life to visit those who were in prison. I want you to say that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, say that I was a drum major for justice. Say that I was a drum major for peace. I was the true major for righteousness. And all of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind.
3: I won't have
1: the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind. But I just want to leave a committed life behind. And that's all I want to say. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody. With a war
6: song. If I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. 724 444 7444, put a the 145234 pound, one pound to listen to the conversation. I'm Star 8 to join us. I am Oladeli Malay Rangozi, CEO of this wonderful dynasty that is the Oladeli the Enterprise, and we are honoring. The one and only Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Tonight. This is our fifth annual celebration. Uh, we've been doing this since 2014, and we are grateful for 2018. Let's go to our next caller, caller. Uh, You're on the line with us for our King tribute tonight. Hey, yeah, what's up, man? This is, this is Retro Mercy from Merch City, baby. What's, what's going on, my brother? <laughs> <laughs> Retro, a part of the Retro Nation family. Of course, the greatest uh, rap, uh, hip-hop, whatever you want to call them, entertainment group in the world. This is from the legendary Merck City Hip-Hop Program and principal host. What does Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. mean to you? Dr. Martin Luther King, along with another aforementioned man that was already talked about by the last caller, they represent to me like a perfect symbol of unity in a black community that's been missing since the death of both of the two basically kings of our our recent people, like our latest kings, like the the closest we had to it. But like Martin Luther King, like his death single-handedly was responsible for what I was talking about yesterday to like my people and that was like, the three lost generations was the people who was in the twenties, in the eighties, nineties, and the in the two thousands, and like without Doctor Martin Luther King and that 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 beacon of light, that beacon of hope in, in in our community, we didn't feel like we were ever going to experience any more change than what he brought to us, and the change that he brought to us, him and a lot of other people. Brought to us, that was, it was significant change, and it was unprecedented. It was in that time unheard of to see a clean-cut man, actually a man. And even though I'm not a religious guy, like he—he he was a stand-up dude.
12: Like he's a
6: real cat. Like he's a thoroughbred for real, for real. Like, and he could walk through any neighborhood untouched anywhere, and. More than untouched, he'd bring the the neighborhood closer together. Like he could get your two most bitter enemies in the same room and make them see the best in each other. And like I don't know, man. we ain't, we ain't seen nothing even close to the influence level of a Dr. King or the, the 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 knowledgeable strength of a of a Dr. King or just I don't know, man. Like he. He's bigger than anything I could fathom because I've never seen or heard anything is, 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 is iconic. Is fucking I don't even man. Listen, he he would talk and just put you in a trance, and everything he feel you you just knew it came from the heart. You knew it was sincere. It Came from not even just the heart, the soul. Like, and he, he died for us. Like, and that's something like. You gotta respect. Like I'm alive today, probably because of this man. Like he died for my life, and I know that, and I appreciate that. Like I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know this man died for not just me, but millions of of, of people. That was that was birthed after him. Like if it wasn't for him, we who knows where we'd be.
0: Honestly, like we need to we need to do better. Like for what he did, for what him. Malcolm X, Rosa
6: Parks, and 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 more, more, many, many, many more. Uh Roberta Clemente, like it's so many, so, 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 so many people. But we need we as a people need to be better because they deserve better. I mean, like they legacies deserve way fucking better than what we giving them. We're not giving them nothing. You actually doing the opposite of with all of them, regardless of what 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 they practice or anything, regardless of your views, they views, or anybody views as a whole, like we're not doing nothing at all that anybody that marched for anything. We're not doing nothing that, that they wanted.
13: And that's something that gotta change and that gotta start with us
6: the older generations and the younger generations and the generations that we're raising right now, like we have to make a, a better example. Like the fact that we can, like you, you and it's a theme. Like if you listen to everybody that's talking right now, like it's a theme that we can all agree there's never been nothing again like Martin Luther King. And that's not a good thing. Like, and that's what we fail to realize as a people, like that's, Probably the worst thing you can say that there's never been another one in sixty years. Ain't never been another one. That's not good, and we need to do better. We should have had a thousand, a million, literally millions of Dr. Martin Luther King's, millions of Malcolm X's, millions of Rosa Parks. We should have had millions, millions, and that's what we need, and that's what we gotta do. Cause right now, like we praise them and. They got their holidays, they got streets, man, that to them, that, I mean, all that, but that shit ain't nothing. That ain't what they asked us for. That's not what they asked us for, and that's not what they asked us to do. So we listening to their speeches, and we we really need to listen. Like, people li- people hear it, but they don't listen. Like, and that's why I'm not even saying y'all. Like, I'm saying we, because I'm not perfect, but... At least
0: I know the faults in my mood. Like, we need to do better for them. And that's my thoughts. Retro Mears, host of the legendary Merc City Hip Hop Program, the
6: oldest franchise in the Dynasty. We go back to the excellent Dr. King, one of my favorites. Where do we go from here?
1: As through the blood of the slaughter, out from the gloomy past, till now we stand at last where the bright gleam of our bright star is cast. Let this affirmation be our ringing cry. It will give us the courage to face the uncertainties of the future. It will give our tired feet new strength as we continue our forward stride toward the city of freedom. When our days become dreary, with low hovering clouds of despair, when our nights become darker than a thousand midnights, Let us remember that there is a creative force in this universe working to pull down the gigantic mountains of evil, a power that is able to make a way out of no way and transform dark yesterdays into bright tomorrows. Let us realize that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Let us realize that William Cullen Bryant is right, Truth crushed the earth will rise again. Let us go out realizing that the Bible is right. Be not deceived. God is not lost. Whatsoever the man soweth, that shall he also reap. This is our hope for the future. With this faith, we will be able to sing in some not too distant tomorrow with a cosmic past candle. We have overcome. We have
6: overcome deep in my heart. I did believe yeah. we would overcome. One of our big beliefs here at o e that we will overcome, that we have overcome. We have to get into that mindset of what Dr. King just said. And we go back to southeastern Pennsylvania tonight. Caller, are you on the line with us right now? And what does Dr. Martin
0: Luther King Jr. mean to you? Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. Caller. Yes.
6: Oh, um, Minister Kenneth Van of Living Word. Minister Van, uh, for a fellow minister, uh, what does Dr. Martin King mean to you as a fellow minister? No problem.
13: First of all, I just want to thank God, and uh, also thank you for giving me the opportunity and a platform to say everything I'm about to say. And um, what I want to say is that I'm, I'm thankful for what Dr. King did for me and also did for the nation and for the black community, you know, as far as his impact, his impact on any segregation, his impact on, you know, giving people inspiration and giving people the moral obligation to see the wrong things that were going on in the country, you know, for him bringing clarity. The power and the urgency that was in his writings, the march, the marchings that w- that happened in Washington D.C., that happened in Alabama, that happened in Selma, you know, and the impact on so many people around the world and even in our own country. His impact is so widespread, you know, on so many great people, great and accomplished people in all areas of our life, you know. And I just, I'm just thankful for Dr. King for What he's done for me as far as me being a black person, I know that without Dr. King's work and without his sacrifice, you know, even going into those countries where it was obvious the risk of death. It was obvious that, you know, there were threats being made against not only his life but his family and the whole movement that venturing out and making those sacrifices and making,
0: you know, those moves for the greater good, you know, was vital. To not only the progress of us as
13: a community and as a people, but even to, even vital to the progress of the whole nation, because he helped America understand where his position was he helped he helped America look, in, look into the mirror because America is supposed to be a country that's built on having freedoms, having rights, you know because the, 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 the Constitution is supposed to say, you know we are the people. We hold these truths to be self-evident, evident, that all men were created free and equal. And because of his marches, because of his speeches, and because of his work, he helped create awareness around the problem and the reality of racism and discrimi- discrimination, the truth that of what was happening to black people in the country. And he helped Mer- America look into the mirror and help the whole world see how America looked based on the atrocities that were being committed even through slavery all the way to, you know, the times they were living in through the Jim Crow laws and mass incarceration and, and and desert servitude and things like that, you know, and, and just
0: all the, all the,
13: uh, the bad things that were going on, the lynchings and the killings and the huntings, you know, um, and how they slandered and how they destroyed the image of black people in, you know who are just human beings like them us just being human beings like them but we're not given a chance and given an equal opportunity because of what happened to our ancestors and they carry the carried over hate from that how they destroyed us in and the media and in their propaganda and in newspapers and turned themselves against us due to the color of our skin and him him being who he was and understanding that his work was vital and allowing a lot of that to change. though so we know as a country and we know as a people that we still have a long way to go. I'm just, me as an individual, I'm thankful for Dr. King for that. I'm thankful for also, you know, his understanding and his intelligent articulation of what was going on and even what we needed to do in the future. He brought a lot of clarity and a lot of direction to the movement, even though the movement, it didn't have the most money, it didn't have the most, you know, stature in it. It was just a bunch of people that wanted to do good. Him, Rosa Parks, and and um, Medgar Evans, and uh, and you know a whole lot of people that participated in that movement. They were regular people like us that wanted to do good, but they were they understood that they were called to the a greater good, the duty of performing an action that would be vital and critical to the future of so many generations after them, and whether they know it or not, even white children, and even, you know, children of other races because their impact on what America stood for as far as being, having liberty and having
0: opportunity. Because what was injustice to us, really it was, it was an evil period. And, you know, even how you
13: linked that up to the scriptural doctrines of the Bible, such as, you know, turn out of the cheek. And, you know, love your neighbor. And how he used that to put us on, have him bring to black people a more obligation, bring to all people a moral obligation to do something about it. Even though these things were happening to us, we were being lynched, we were being hunted, he still
0: put us the ability to love and the ability to also overcome through, you know, loving ourselves and being
13: unified in that despite all of that, still having love within ourselves and for ourselves, and even for them, for not for their actions, but in them as human beings. And that broke a lot of ground across the country in the time that he lived in, in the days that he lived in, as far as, you know, the progress of how are we going to deal with this problem of racism and discrimination. And even towards the end of his life, the way he was... Talking When he was talking about the war in Vietnam, and he brought so many people, he opened up so many eyes about that, what was going on in Vietnam, he was still doing. It. And then, you know, what he was doing um, for the march for, you know, for poor people. He, he talked about race, he talked about class, he talked about, you know, uh, outside of country, ethnic, you know, all those problems. And he just, you know, he was doing such good works in those ways. The end, towards the end of his life, he was even talking about us being a black community, not so much worrying about, you know, being non-segregated and living amongst the, um, you know, living amongst white people and other people. But he was telling us about economics. He was telling us about let's raise our own funds, let's support each other, because if they don't support us, if nobody supports us, we can support ourselves and we can build ourselves up. Because they have institutions, they own things, and we need to own our own things and we need to support our own so that we have a, we have more power and we have better weapons of fighting against the discrimination that was in the country. Lack of opportunities, not, not being able to get jobs, not even, not even get homes because we don't get the same um, opportunity or the same looking from banks and from, you know, job owners and company owners. He was telling us we need to start doing our own thing and we need to start supporting, you know, the black bank or, you know, the black business owners so that we can start facilitating more resources we more resources throughout our community so that we can prosper more and we can have, you know, a better position in order to fight these things
0: off. Because we don't one want minute. this one minute, one minute. Because we don't want these things affecting the next generations. And,
13: you know, from what I see, though, you know, he had a he had he did have a dream. Unfortunately, the dream has not been fully realized yet. It can only be fully realized when we hold ourselves accountable. And I'm not talking about black people just, you know, black people being responsible for their not just us, I'm talking about everybody. That can only happen when everybody holds themselves accountable. Everybody has to get up and everybody has to understand their duty to the greater good and to man as a whole so that what Martin what Martin Luther King dreamed about and hoped would come to pass, that it can be become an actual reality. Because we see Trump in office and we see things he's doing. We see what he's doing as nothing just but a product, a byproduct of what he's been conditioned to know, what he's been conditioned to believe. And that comes from his ancestors, just like what we know come from ours. So we have to fight against that ignorance with knowledge, with wisdom, with understanding, with God, and, you know, with love. And I think he inspired that in a lot of ways, and I'm thankful for him for doing that.
6: That's all I had to say. First of all, we all we all know Minister Van right now could preach a whole sermon. I'm so proud of him tonight. And I think definitely Dr. Baldwin King Jr. would be proud. One of our new hosts here at Damon Network, the, the, the right – Reverend Minister Kenneth T. Dan, host of Living Word here at ONE. Doc, what would you say to us tonight if we are talking about Black Pride? What would you say to us tonight, Doc?
3: I
1: come here tonight and plead with you.
6: Believe
1: in yourself and believe that you're somebody. I said to a group last night, nobody else can do this for us. No document can do this for us. No Lincolnian Emancipation Proclamation can do this for us. No Kennesonian or Johnsonian Civil Rights Bill can do this for us. If the Negro is to be free, he must move. Down into the inner resources of his own soul and sign with a pen and ink of self asserted manhood his own emancipation (laughs) possible. Don't let anybody take your manhood. Be proud of our heritage. Somebody said earlier tonight, we don't have anything to be ashamed of. Somebody told a lie one day. They couched it in language. They made everything black, ugly, and evil. Look in your dictionary and see the synonyms of the word black. It's always something degrading and low and sinister. Look at the word white. It's always something pure, high and But I want to get the language right tonight. I want to get the language so right that everybody... He will we'll cry "Yes, I'm black. I'm
3: proud
6: of it. I'm black and beautiful." One of the last speeches of Dr. Martin King Jr. as he was coming along and thinking in his processes. Yes, he talked at a Black Panther rally, and old ass key this is the one they gave it to you tonight. Out of Long Beach, California, 724 444 put in pen number 145234-pound, and of course one pound to listen. Starting to join us tonight, all the folks out there, join us, please. And of course, we continue our conversation tonight out of southeastern Pennsylvania.
5: You're on live
0: right now, and what do you have to say about Dr. Martin Luther king Jr.? Carla, you're on the line. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can, loud and clear. Oh,
6: this is Tanya Carter from Diva Impact, folks. Uh, another Hello. wonderful host at Beverly Nation.
14: Hello. How are you all tonight? I'm um, thankful for Dr. Martin Luther King. And I'm thankful for what he means to me, actually. He is my king. He is my protector. He was the one who gave my parents the opportunity to vote, to have a voice, to express themselves, to be able to go in any place and sit without being harassed or being put out. Um, Also, segregation was also in place by Martin Luther King, you know, able to, for our children to not be segregated out of the school system. And you know, go to any school that they wanted to, and he also, you know, made the opportunity for workers to, you know, be paid right, you know, not just being working and not being paid what they should be paid. Also the unions, a lot of the unions that we have today, you know, he he also fought for that, you know, having a union come in and for the jobs and also fight for us. Um He means to me that he gave me the opportunity to have a voice as a woman, you know, because a lot of us women today, you know, we are, we're equal as well to the men that we love and support as well, you know, and I'm grateful for for him for doing that as well and being able to get on a bus and not having to sit at the back of the bus or go anywhere, or just go shopping. You know, I can shop anywhere I want to without being looked at or being put out or seeing a sign that's saying that I'm not welcome or my money is not welcome. My money is just as green as the next person. Um, I also love Dr. King as well for my kids to able to grow up and have a voice and do the things that I'm able to do as well, you know, work wherever they want to work and you know, be an entrepreneur, have the jobs that they want to have, and go to college without, you know, being segregated against or being racially, you know, profiled because they're black. Um, What Dr. King means to me is everything. I mean, I'm living my life that I'm living because of Dr. King. Um, And I love him. (laughs) I love him dearly. And I, I thank him for everything for that he's done for us. You know, he gave his life for us to be where we're at today. And I always sit and wonder, you know, what he would be thinking if he was still alive. You know, would he be happy? Would he be disappointed? Would he feel as if everything he fought for was for nothing? You know, and we're still fighting. You know, he fought for us to be free we still have a long way to go. I still feel as though that we are not fully, fully free. We're still fighting for everything that Dr. King has died for. And his legacy will forever live forever. And I just pray that we all get better at what we're doing because Dr. King lost his life for us to vote. And it's a lot of us still not voting. And that's this man died for that. I mean, people don't take us voting seriously. And he was an advocate for all of that. And that's, that's what Dr. King means to me.
6: We thank Diva Impact's host, the wonderful Tanya Carter, tonight. And, of course, she is part of the one and only Beverly Nation. We go back to Dr. Martin King, Jr. And the great speech at his first great march. A lot of people think that it was Washington, D.C. It really wasn't. It was Detroit, Michigan in 1962.
3: Imagine I want to give you the impression
1: that it's going to be easy. There can be no great social gain without individual pain. Before the victory for brotherhood is won, some will have to get scarred up a bit. Before the victory is won, some more will be thrown into jail. For the victory won, some, like many others, may have to take physical death. But if physical death is the price that some must pay to free their children and their white brothers from an eternal psychological death, then nothing can be more redemptive. Before the victory won, some will be misunderstood and call bad names. But we must go on with a determination and with a faith that this problem can be solved. And so I go back to the South not in despair. I go back to the South not with a feeling that we are caught in a dark dungeon that will never lead to a way out. I go back believing that the new day is coming, so this afternoon, I have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day, right down in Georgia, and Mississippi, in Alabama, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to live together as brothers. I have a dream this afternoon that one day... One day, little white children and little Negro children will be able to join hands as brothers and sisters. I have a dream this afternoon that one day, one day, men will no longer burn down houses in the church of God simply because people want to be free. I have a dream this afternoon that there will be a day we will not long, We will no longer face the atrocities
6: that Emmett Till has to face or Mr. Evers has to face. But all men can live with dignity. Huh? You listen now. That was before I upset. You know, excerpt from nineteen early nineteen sixty three, and that was right before uh, the March on Washington. The story on that, a lot of people don't understand that Martin was not supposed to talk about "I Had a Dream" on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. It was it was Mahalia Jackson that screamed out, Tell him about the dream, Doc. And he went right on with what he said in Detroit. Just a little tidbit right there for you all, you guys. We have another call out of southeastern Pennsylvania tonight. And what does Dr. King mean to you at this time here from Long Beach, California?
2: This is DJ Philly Joy. Dr. Martin Luther King was a great, great man. And I've heard all the hosts and I tell you that um Minister Van really covered a lot of territory, I tell you, but one of the things I know that if he gave his life for all these people that he had to show forth love and greater love have no man than this and a man laid out his life for his friends and he showed us how we should love each other and speak up for humanity for our rights as a people. You know, just to be treated fairly, to be treated, you know, with respect and not be, you know, dehumanized as far as people are concerned. You know, to be able to hold our head up high with some self-respect, get the same treatment that everyone else wants to be treated, you know, with respect and with love and dignity. But we actually have to have it for ourselves. And we have a long, long way to go. That's why I know that, you know, within my life, my desire is to help people to learn how to love themselves but not into the point where they're disrespecting other people, not disrespecting themselves. We wouldn't have the things we have today with um, the music, you know, call, women calling names on the music and cussing on the music and things like that. I think that would be very distasteful for uh, Martin Luther King to know that we went this far um, of as a people to to, human, to humanize ourselves and our put ourselves out there and not really respecting ourselves as a people we have a long way to go when we have leaders that are just, I think, making, manipulating to make the money off of us in our plot and different organizations they have formed and they take all the money to, to themselves for poverty poverty situations where they make these um, nonprofits, not just that, but other people, not just the black white, on black, but all different other communities as well. And I understand that you could take 90% of the money for yourself and not give money to the other people. That is distasteful to me. So I hear a lot of different things that are out here. And I'm hoping that we have a change of mind, a change of spirit, that we want to help each other and get out there to help the homeless, you know, help those that are unwed mothers, those that are living in shelters, that we just want to give what we can give each and every day and show forth love one from one another and not kill each other. You know, our, our men and our women do kill each other and, do, and not the married situation where we're, you know, not respecting our, our men and vice versa men respecting their, their, their wives, things like that. So it's a lot that I could talk about, but I think the love, was his, his his main message, that we should love one another and give our lives for our friends. That's what I, I, I got out of the whole speech and the whole thing out of the, um, his messages. So that's what he meant to me, the epitome of love, giving his life for those that were less fortunate and want us to have a higher consciousness of self and love for ourselves.
0: That was DJ
6: Philly Joy out of Joy to the World of course, at one and only Beverly Nation. We're going to a speed round right now. All the folks that want to talk tonight, that have not pressed star eight, please do at this time. Um, we still, like I said, from three to five minutes. Uh, we want to bring on someone that I know has something to say. Out of Nashville, Tennessee tonight. What do you have to say about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.?
11: All praises
6: due to all in all. <laughs> wow. Um, what I like to say, first of all, I am the master sound therapist Huni Bakatun, aka the Magic Man. Uh, what I like to say in reference to the late great ancestor, spiritual warrior leader, um, Dr. Martin Luther King, represents to me, even though he was up front and out front. But he represents 85. Make no mistake about these numbers I'm about to say here. Dr. Martin Luther King represents 85 to 95% of the heart and the spirit of what most people call black people, African Americans, Moors, and many different things that we are called as a people. And the reason why the magic man says that is because the when I think of him, I think of Psalms 23, the uh, the 23rd Psalm, you know, he was willing, a willing sacrifice. And and first of all, let me say this, too, in respect to all the hosts who spoke before me, much respect and I appreciate all that y'all said, and so I'm not going to you know, repeat what y'all said because everything is instinct. I just wanna say that Dr. Martin Luther King represents eighty five to ninety five percent of the spirit that most of us have, that forgiving type of spirit, in in regardless to whatever happens to us in this world. And DJ Ulasky said that this is like uh, fifty years. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I, I believe you say it was like right, fifty years. That's correct. Uh, April fourth, April fourth, sixty-eight will be the fiftieth anniversary of his of his passing. So this is something. Thank you so much. This is something I want us to think, uh, really, really think about. Like I said, make no mistake about the numbers I'm giving. Eighty-five to ninety-five percent. And when you think about all that was lost, not that you know. Dr. Martin Luther King's life is meaningless. No, it's not meaningless, but a lot of people who remain nameless, they also lost their lives. But what I'm getting at is you look at all the things that we have faced as a people and we have yet to get all that we, we deserve. And we put up the good fight. We have that, and I'm speaking of 85 to 95% of us who have that that forgiveness type of nature that is regardless to whatever happens, we, something in us, well, I ain't going to just say something. i tell you what it is. The soul that's in us have the ability to offer forgiveness to all kind of things, even with some of the recent things that has been said about us as a people. So when I think about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and all That he sacrificed, to me, it represents the 85 to 95% of us who sacrifice everything that you can imagine to love everyone, but we have yet to get everyone to love us in an equal status. So, what I want to say to all of us who's listening, who's celebrating uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, is to not allow hatred. To overtake us see that's what I'm talking about so that we have yet to allow hatred to overtake us as a people and I'm gonna leave us with this thought it's not about hatred it's about reinstilling that love and that protection and the things that we need to do for ourselves which is in sync with what he was really really leading to before his untimely departure from this world make no mistake about it It's not so much about the money, and he also, I think, no, I don't know if anyone mentioned about the boycotting, the power of the money, or not giving our money, our hard-earned money, to an establishment that don't care about us, and it affected the economy. Now, what happened yesterday can also happen today if we were to take our hard-earned money and find. A way to redistribute the resources amongst ourselves and each other. That's how we are able to gain not only empowerment but uh, a newfound respect for ourselves and other people who continue to look at us as less than them. And on that note, I'm going to put it on pause and enjoy the rest of this show. Thank you so much, DJ Olaski, O N E Family, Beverly Nation, and Damian. Damon Network, and all of our listening audience for continuing to support us as a whole. Much respect to Dr. Martin Luther King. That was the one and only Bakatoon our host of We Will Wear You, at Determined and Motivated Online Network of TalkShoot.com. And, of course, we're going to keep on with our speed round tonight. And our next caller from southeastern
0: Pennsylvania. Good evening, and what does Dr. King mean to you, caller? Caller on the line right now. That's fine. The caller might be uh, uh a little off there. We're
6: gonna go right to uh Virginia at this time. And for the next three minutes. Caller, what does Dr. Ball of the King Jr. mean to you in the next three minutes?
5: Hello, this is Ms. I'm very charismatic, charismatic and um to me he what he means to me is is fighting for something. And he put his uh, life on the line for uh the value of freedom. Yet uh he was assassinated and today he's being assassinated with disrespect from even from black people that there are people black people that love him and black people that uh assassinating his character. Um and I just wanna say thank you, um Thank you, Alaski for doing what you have done tonight, and um, educating us. You know what I mean? Educating everybody about MLK. I did an MLK documentary on uh, talk you to to honor him, and he he put everything. I mean, he uh, talked about the wonder bread. You know, he. If you can't not uh, show us any type of love, we will not support you. Um, He he was just, uh, he talked about the war, the Vietnam. Why should we fight a war when we are at war here for freedom? So that's pretty much it. Uh, I just want to say thank you, man. I'm going to... And I want you I would like you to send me this show so I could do something with
6: it. I want to thank the one and only Mr. Automatic Charismatic, Chief Executive Officer of the Viper Dynasty, the Viper Network, and what he does on a constant basis is wonderful. We keep on going with our speed round tonight and uh we go to the next caller out of southeastern Pennsylvania. What does Doctor King mean to you at this time? Well, first of all, um What's up, man? Happy New Year, people. I'm back. Second thing is, um, wow. Martin Luther King's birthday is the same day as my dad's birthday. But to look at Martin Luther King, the stuff he went through, <clears throat> just had a question in the conversation about that earlier, and it's kind of sad. Because he had to go to the point of being tortured, humiliated. He actually got stabbed, didn't he? That's correct. That's right right in the hall of 1958. Yes, he did. He got stabbed by a deranged woman. Yeah, we just talked about that on the other side. It was crazy. And what made that deranged woman want to do that? Like, what was pre-programmed in her mind to pick... The individual that she grew up with that she possibly, maybe, or her family possibly, maybe, you know, looked up to. So for that, they come into their mind and have this individual do this, then have the government do that, or whatever they did later on down the scenes, if it's true what they do, because they still could do it now, but... Just to see all of that and then see we are by all means, been trained to do everything in peace. That's how you get things done. But then if you get peace done, does it become complicated or illustrated in another way just to shut a person up? So now you wonder, how did everybody else get things done? Well, you look at time and they have these people out there that don't like other people, and they come out there and dominate all types of creeds and colors for what? Because they can, or they just feel as though they have to. What is our world coming to where everybody starts thinking the same way? Oh, I can. I have to. You're in the way. What you going to do? That's going to be a new lifestyle. That's how we going to have to live because obviously when it comes down to feeding your kids and there ain't no food on the planet of the earth, what you going to do? See, I don't know if we're being systematically set up or we just being shown something that's about to come into a world called Revelations. I don't know. I ain't want to tell y'all, but I be looking, and some things ain't right. So when I look at Martin Luther King, I say, wow. He went through a lot. For who? Us? Even when he was a child, he went through a lot. How did the people know what he was doing when he was a kid? The government knew what he was doing? They was watching him since when? So guess what, people? Who's watching you? See, I can say a lot, but I can't say I don't want to just say less. You might be able to stay longer, but if anybody keep their mouth shut, how long are you going to live? Holla. We go back to, I thank Willa God, CEO of Sound City Radio, as well as the wonderful engineer over at, at DJ Chill at On Point Radio. We go back to one of his last speeches, and what more can I say that had not already been said? And here we Calling
1: go. i to be in the civil rights field, if I had sneeze,
3: I wouldn't have had
1: a chance later that year in August to try to tell America about a dream that I had had if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been down in Selma, Alabama to see the bread movement there if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been in Memphis to see a community riot around those brothers and sisters who are suffering. I'm so happy that I didn't sneeze. And they were telling me. Now it doesn't matter now. It really doesn't matter what happens now.
10: I left Atlanta this
1: morning and as we got started on the plane. There were six of us. The pilot said over the public address system, we're sorry for the delay. But we have Dr. Martin Luther King on the plane. And to be sure that all of the bags were checked. And to be sure that nothing would be wrong on the plane. We had to check out everything carefully, and we've had the plane protected and guarded all night, and then I got into Memphis, and some began to say the threats, or talk about the threats that were out,
12: or what would happen to me
1: from some of our sick white brothers. Well, I don't know
3: Girl, I'm, happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have
6: seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Mason Temple, Church of God in Christ, Memphis, Tennessee, April 3rd, 1968. Of course, everyone knows that as the last speech of Dr. King's illustrious life. And uh, that night, he was, he um, had the flu. And he wasn't supposed to come out and speak that night, and it rained. It was a torrential downpour. But Ralph Abernathy said, no, nah, brother, you know, I'm not going to let Jesse speak, and this is not my crowd. This is definitely your crowd. You need to come. I know you stick, but can you get out of your bed and get down here? Out of South Eastern Pennsylvania tonight, what does Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. mean to you? Yes, hello.
12: My name is Roddy. And I want to talk about, yeah, Dr. Martin Luther King did justify peace and unity with China and the community and did justice. But it's not the justice that he did back in the day. It's the justice that us people got to do today. Anybody want to talk about what they going to do, what they could do, what they should do, instead of uniting together and just go ahead and just do it and push it. You know, like boycotting in the back of the day. They stop a whole lot of people from doing stuff. You know, back in the day, just by boycotting. If you don't go in and suck the bus and don't get them what they want, they lose their jobs. They got to lower their rates and all that stuff. People don't think about that. You understand what I mean? And then, in a form of legalizing weed, niggas don't, oh, excuse me, people don't know, our generation don't know that that's a form of genocide to keep us from getting a good job since they already have a pod out here because every job out here is like asking for a drug test or whatever. So now people in a minority society think it's cool because it's legalized to smoke weed. No, no, they not legalized you to get a job. You're not pushing yourself forward. So that's another form of genocide. And then with the president that we got in office, it was our fault because Young folks didn't go out and vote. People didn't really go out and vote. People didn't really make a real sense, especially in the black communities that, you know, where it needs to be at and stuff like that. So, you know, some things, you know, you got to put blame on yourself because you didn't take and people didn't take the initiative to do the right thing. You can't just say what you gonna do and don't put your right foot forward. You go you I mean you just gotta go ahead and just do what you gonna do. And it takes a mountain, it takes, it takes many of people and then everybody stop talking about it and unite with each other, then it'd be a better thing. We thank our sister tonight
0: because everything she said was outstanding. One of Dr.
6: King's favorite songs came from our sister, Mahalia Jackson. And it will sum up this night of reasoning and love and understanding. And we are very, very thankful for all the people who just share their, share their hearts tonight to give you this wonderful, wonderful Dr. Martin King tribute before I go into and go or time, you want everyone to think about the day of service and what Dr. King means to you as we play this wonderful, wonderful excerpt. And this was played April 8th, 1968. It was sang by Mahalia Jackson at Ebenezer Baptist Church the day of his funeral.
3: It'd be dawned. Trouble
6: mother can mean to me freedom before dr king it meant people had rights but some people had more rights than others because of the color of their skin and life was unfair to many and that all changed one day before august of 63 white people and african american people had separate theaters and drinking fountains and bathrooms and schools other things because of the color of their skin many people know dr mother king gave his Famous, I have a dream speech, and to me it means honor and courage and bravery and care, friends and dignity and faith and most of all, peace. But it took many steps to leads to faith with people knowing they might get in trouble or die, but they still did it. They dared to do this because they wanted to be treated fairly with respect, the way white people were, and they wanted a better future for all. They knew what they wanted, that Want gave them enough strength and perseverance to follow through. Martin Luther King gave many speeches and changed everything in this United States. My journalism teaches me that we are actually united together. People keep their faith to get here so now everyone is free. All my friends, my community, my life, and the lives of many others are the way they are today because of these people who did great things. I wouldn't be on the radio today and have the outstanding host that I do without this type of freedom, press, light liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But Dr. King says a man does not have an income. He does not leave a life, no liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, he merely exists. As a journalist, I share and understand all shades and colors I have the same rights because of the determination which Martin Luther King Jr. gave a good example of. Today in our hearts, we thank all those who risked their lives for us and to live the lives we live today because of the fact that he inspired people to fight for fairness. We still today in 2018 need to work harder to make sure we continue to keep our laws fair for all. People also have the right to want to live a better life and strive for all things fair so that we don't repeat segregation. As Martin Luther King said, let freedom ring. Those words of bravery will always ring in our communities and our hearts forever, ever more. And that's what the journalist Oladele Malay Ngozi thinks about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. tonight. Beverly Nation is advertising through O&E, which is Oladele Ngozi Enterprises. You reach us, of course, at www.lookingglassentertainment.wordpress.com, as well as Ngozi Primetime1 at BevNet.com. We are... Ngozi Prime Time at Twitter, Ngozi Time at Instagram, Hola Ngozi, both Pinterest and Google Plus. Hola Delhi Malay Gozi, of course, at the great Facebook, as well as our business pages, the Damon Network, and DevNet Online Radio. And any comments, suggestions to our programming, overlay dot ngozi, both my and gmail.com. I want to thank all the folks tonight for giving us our fifth annual celebration of and tribute to the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I want to thank all the hosts. Who made it tonight to celebrate this wonderful, wonderful thing? And we're not over in our celebrations. This tonight is the 1,299th episode of the One and Only O and E Dynasty. Tomorrow night, join us for the BevNet Sports Report at 8 o'clock, which I will be definitely listening to our sports director, Mr. Rob Hudson, and of course, I get a chance to interview a wonderful young man tomorrow. Uh, Daquan Selton, I'll be interviewing him tomorrow night on Hashtag Legacy by Olasky. And then the wonderful Soul Twins, you know how they get it in. Anna Waddell, at Birch, you know what it is. 10 o'clock Eastern Standard. It is O&E Triple Tuesdays. I am, once again, your mother and father's favorite producer, Ola W. Malay-Wangosi, saying good night. good luck to all the folks out there in Armed Force Radio. that support us on a constant basis. Thank you, Dr. King. And good evening to all of you around the world.
15: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.